miserable people. Welcome to the Hollywood Heels podcast. I am the rock star, the renaissance man, the Duke Russo. And I'm joined by the divine voice himself, Henron. What's going on, my brother? Hello, good sir. Hello, people. We are here today to bring you some vengeance. You know, hopefully the dark night is out there clapping along with everybody as we had a great vengeance day pay-per-view here and a, a fun nxt show that led into it what were your thoughts on this good sir yeah i thought there were some some definitely decent moments uh some really good matches some not so great matches some absolutely horrible segments that just prove why half these people are still in nxt <laughs> um and just a lot of a lot of gimmicky stuff uh, AKA Joe Gacy. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I was definitely entertained, especially by how all of it ended, needless to say. For sure. It's, uh, kind of what we've just been waiting for. And man, I'm eager to uh, always, 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 always eager to see where they take us to next. Yeah, so let's let's start with some of the uh, the NXT that we had from last week, the thirtieth. Um, you know, we had Trick Mellow Gang moving on to the finals in the Dusty Cup, where in Vengeance they they face off with the Wolf Dogs. Oh, I don't know if they do that, but they should. Um, they randomly bark sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we had the the trick Dragonov uh segment at the end of the show um which a lot of it is basically just about mellow you know the, this whole situation of setting up when if can mellow turn on trick willie here and uh, a lot of it is just Ilya playing mind games. I'm glad that we've got Ilya back because he's starting to seem like a little bit of a figment of most of our imaginations where, you know, uh, we haven't kind of seen him wrestle in a minute. Um, but yeah, it's good good to be back. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad he's back as well because I feel like I've seen the guy so little, I still struggle to know what his moves are called like most people they hit some shit i'm like okay you know that's his thing that's their thing or you know i'm good but now i like he hit some shit i'm like i'm waiting for fucking kevin patrick whoever the fuck is on commentary right i'm like uh what was that h-bomb that's what the forum's called okay okay oh he's charging up in the corner i don't know what he's about to do and i'm yeah, even torpedo moscow there you go yeah even in this like i know it's a two word thing with weird words but i just want to say ludwig kaiser and i'm like i know that's not right but i'm like it's just randomness in another language that really has no impact so i'm like oh torpedo moscow cool i don't even know how those words fit together maybe there's something i'm not grasping that there's more to it but i yeah he needs to wrestle more for me to <laughs> remember his moves man he he's the the dragon the the mad dragon the the russian dragon uh fun fun little story uh recording studio that i used to do shit at had this like old school piece of equipment that we never used and it was called the russian dragon 
and basically it's it's to like time manipulate uh, uh, analog recorded drum tracks in case the drummer was Russian or Dragon. Hey, get it? Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I, I shit you not. Like I ain't making that up. <laughs> but uh, yeah, as useless as that was, uh, it was more of a uh, a conversation piece. And and here I am, many many years later, still bringing it up. The good old Russian dragon. That's to show you, it's all about the little things in life, the small things that you'll take away and think about fifteen years later that put a smile on your face. That that's what we're here for, people. You know, and in its moments like Elia and uh, the mind games that he's been playing that don't really make sense, you know. But when he's around, it's it's very meaningful when he be hitting the shit out of people for just no reason, I guess. Yeah, and I mean, the dude exists to get the living shit kicked out of him and then dish it out in kind. Because I swear to God, I mean, we'll get to the match later when we do. The rest of Vengeance Day, but God damn, I feel like every every match this this dude is in, he's kind of like uh, you know Orange Cassidy or John Moxley, where like every match that he's in is literally just two dudes beating the absolute fucking piss out of each other. Every single time, he's like. He needs to grow his hair out, right? Go Super Saiyan 3, you know what I'm saying? Because he's basically like a wannabe Saiyan. He's like, oh, the more I take it, the stronger I get. And that's just like, he just be picking fools up, chucking fools. He be bleeding. Then all of a sudden, like, I'm going to go to the top to hit you now. Like, it's just, and he, I feel like he's got a great move set, like with the H-bomb and even the, the torpedo thing that it can hit those accelerated notes you know what i'm saying like you got the crossroads okay you could hit three cool but you know it moves that you can't necessarily move up with sometimes you know stagnate i like that you know he hit a ground one then he hit a second rope you know what i'm saying if you did like a second rope crossroads i don't know i feel like that'd be kind of mid you're either gonna go all in or you're just gonna hit multiple you know what i'm saying i don't know if that comes across but i really enjoy that aspect of how he can you know up his style as the match progresses well the best part of his his move set is like he can hit a h-bomb off the top of a cage you ain't hitting a crossroads off the top of a cage exactly that and that's i see dragonov as maybe not a perennial champion that's just always carrying a belt but he's that he's like a Chad Gable. He's the guy that it's like you put him in, you know, a two month program with somebody and whether he comes out on top or not, you get some crazy matches along the way that build and build and build. Like imagine him having a feud with Drew McIntyre, even the size difference, like he's going to take that punishment and he's going to come back and he's going to fucking beat the hell out of Drew. Like. Wait until he's on the main roster and they do Gunther Dragunov and the rest of the world can see what they've been missing out on. They're going to be like, what the hell is this? Like, that, it's just wild. So having watched the, the Walter Dragunov match, um, I, I think we have an idea of what that would look like. And while I was watching the, the Trick Dragunov match, I thought to myself, like, 
who do I want to see him fight the most on the main roster? And the answer was Drew McIntyre, without a doubt. Like, these two men, like you said, Drew has been delivering the superior chops lately. But, dude, Drew and Ilya would beat the ever-living shit out of each other, and it would be such a good match. Yeah, and... It would win the people over on Dragonov's side so easily because just give Drew seven minutes of just chops and suplexes and drop kicks and kip ups and just smiling to the crowd. And then when he goes to hit, you know, the countdown kick instead of the claymore, he catches the headbutt. All of a sudden, Dragonov's up. You know, he hits a Germans. He's hitting Death Valley drivers. He's hitting power bombs on the big man. He's chopping them. You get Drew's chest bleeding. Like the crowd's going to be like, yo, like, who the fuck is this guy? That's right there. Easy money. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm going to use him in this to transition to another segment in the context of, I think exactly how he is right now, his, his current character, his current image would work just fine, if not very well on the main roster, unlike Chase U. Like, as, as I've bitched about with Chase U before, it's, it's a gimmick that cannot work on the main roster. And, you know, I, I just feel like we see more and more of this. Like, I don't even think... Fucking Lola Vice. I mean, you should know how I feel about this girl by now. Like, I don't feel like that belongs on the main roster. Sure as shit, a university thing doesn't belong on the main roster. And then not only that, but a lot of the people in it, they're so bad at cutting fucking promos and vignettes that it's like, this is why you're in NXT, Livewire. Like, go ahead and do all your fucking flippy bullshit and whatnot. But, like, literally every time I see your face or hear you talk, like, I wish you didn't exist. Yeah, uh, I could, like, um, like, I could never get behind Andre Chase. Like, I've not seen a lot of his matches, but I've seen just about as much of him as I've seen of Dragunov. And I have vastly different opinions, right? And it's... I, I I can see how it was fun and I was enjoying some of it, like some of the back backstage stuff up until, you know, it, it just like fell off a cliff with the whole Chase U ending. Now I think it's gonna get better. Um because I from the get go, JC Jane is not a good person. So I assumed that she was doing something in the background to like get over on everybody i think she has now done that but we don't know yet so i guess we're gonna have to continue to see i hope it's just not another bs thing i don't want to see jc jane turn face honestly i don't even know the last time she wrestled like she's literally just been chilling when was the last time she's wrestled i think it was a tag team with thea hale wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, like I think I think that like when uh right around the time Thea was getting her change. But other than that, like he hasn't Thea's done a whole lot. More. But I will say, like, this whole her her plan to save well, not plan, like it's it's actively saving Chase U is the 2024 ladies of chase you calendar uh which i think hilariously 
actually fucking exists as we find out later on it it is in the wwe merch shop there is a ladies of chase you 2024 swimsuit calendar available for purchase which i think is actually kind of fucking brilliant yeah like i mean number one i'm happy to see that all those people involved are getting some extra paychecks right like number one bravo um, I mean, we don't know that. <laughs> they they have After to be everything like, that's gone on with the WWE recently. I I don't know about that. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say it to myself, right? Whether that's true or not, that's how I make myself feel better is by telling telling myself that everything's okay, right? So <laughs> I'm gonna say that it's okay for them, and they're making them extra little bucks uh, from these things. I don't. Uh, I I can't say I necessarily support the potential exploitation of exposed bodies i don't necessarily know if i'm you know 100 go for that but hey get your money right where you can um i think it's a cute idea i wonder if jc and thea are in it and now it also makes sense for all those backstage segments that jc was just talking to a bunch of girls and i was like these chicks don't even go to the school but i i guess they do evidently <laughs> I, I'm actually gonna look it up right now to see if uh if it says like who's featured in it. Cause it's gotta have that other they were talking to another girl, Jasmine Allure. I wanna say that was her name, but there was like another girl that they were talking to who was shown more prominently than the other nameless women who they didn't name. They actually named her. So I do feel that this is also part of her on the come up. I don't know if we're going to see JC turning on Thea with this other girl or I don't know what we could be seeing. All right. There isn't much of a description, but all right. Yes, Thea Hale is in it. Uh, that Ren Sinclair girl is in it. Good for her. Uh, Jasmine Nix, JC Jane. Adriana Rizzo. Rizzo, okay, good for her. She's interesting. Uh, Lainey Reed. Doesn't sound familiar. Lena Sterling. Never heard of her. Uh, Kia something or other. Mm. And Kendall something or other. Hmm. Yeah, no. ja- maybe I had Jasmine's last name wrong because you mentioned the Jasmine. So maybe that's her, but I don't know. I, I think she, I she's the one that when they showed it on the show, I feel like she's the one that we saw. She's actually also the only one in a swimsuit, too. So maybe okay. I'll think about that. Yeah, maybe I should actually looked at this before I just made up a whole bunch of shit about it. <laughs> I'm just glad I had to Google the person's name that I said because I was like, I'm going to make sure that she's a wrestler and not <laughs> a different profession. I mean, I know they've been pushing this Ren Sinclair girl a little bit. So I knew yeah, her. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, happy most to get some time. Most of these other ones, I didn't, I didn't know who the fuck they were. Well, I guess we'll find out in the next in next year's uh, breakout tournament. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's what we need to do, dude. Mark your mark this calendar for the next breakout tournament. Let's see which one of these calendar models are in the tournament next year. I guarantee you, four of them are in it. 
I mean, the way that she's been wrestling, Maxine should go backwards and be in it. Oof. They, they yeah. mean, they honestly should put her down there. They're doing that girl dirty, man. Like, they're giving her opportunity, but like, they're also literally failing her at the same time. It's kind of sad. Is she not literally training with Gable, though? Like, <laughs> you got Natalia on the same show, don't you? Yeah, she she needs to go go work in Natty's dungeon for like eight months and not wrestle in that entire time. Just just have her neck bridges all day. Just strengthen that neck, strengthen that core. Let's go. It just uh, she's hilarious. I I I love her in Alpha Academy. But maybe wrestling just ain't in, in the cards for that girl. Like, I don't know, dude. <laughs> yeah, keep a mic in her hand, I guess, right? Yeah, I, it's, uh, ooh. Yeah. Um, all right, what else did we had? We had a match, the showdown between Electra Lopez and Lola Vice. And ultimately, Lola Vice won, which I, I don't know. I, she has the contract and everything, and obviously they're trying to push her. She won the breakout tournament, blah, blah, blah. But um, with Electra Lopez moving up to the main roster, I almost felt like they would have gave her a little, like, nice send-off or something, you know? Yeah, I was like, neither one of them can afford to lose this match because we got one who's trying to, like you just mentioned, move up be a big star and we have another one who's has a contract for a championship match and i feel like uh, i don't want to say that the contract should have been on the line in this match if y'all trying to have some type of feud but god do i hope this is done with even though this wasn't like a bad match i felt they were fine and i like for the 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 feud or the the situation leading into this i felt they actually fought like you know, I, I really don't like you. So I, I, I enjoyed the match, but I don't necessarily know if I want to see more of this, especially with them being on different brands, unless it means Lola Vice moving up to join. No, um, no, no, <laughs> no. Like, you know, I, you know what? I actually, I would rather have Zia Lee. We're going to get, yeah. Isn't she on what brand? Did, oh, no, she's on Raw, right? Yes, because that thing with Becky. And I mean, she was in uh, in the Rumble. We're going to get uh, Lola to move up to Raw no. so we, we can get Zaya no. Lola kickoff no. to kickoff. No. no, 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 we're not. No, <laughs> like I just, I'm sorry. Like that girl does not belong on the main roster. Like if she didn't just fucking shake her ass everywhere, like she would not be employed but you know she's what I mean? a like, latina <laughs> and what all right we're, we'll get to the match later on but what i do not fucking understand about this girl is like people people worship her and she's like not even good dude like all these little fucking kicky bullshits that she does and 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 the like wannabe mma bullshit that she does there's a million fucking girls on the rosters that do this shit 
You know what I mean? Zia Lee being one of them. And I don't even like Zia Lee. Don't even like isn't even the word. Or Tegan Knox, Team Kick. You know what I mean? Like, th- there are plenty of fucking people that can do all of this shit. And they don't need to shake their ass for attention. They They don't. You know, and like there are people that will be like, oh, my God, she's so good. The stuff that she did in that in that match when she cashed in was just so exciting. And this and I'm like, no, it wasn't. I don't even like Lyra Valkyria and Lyra Lyra wrestled fucking circles around her. You know what I mean? Like she's just not even good. And it just blows my mind. The the worship that she gets It's it's fucking crazy. What is that, Cholula Green? <laughs> Booker T. Oh, man. He probably recorded this. He had this on the DVR, on the TiVo, so he could come back and watch it. This this is for Booker T and Booker T's friends. That's what this match is for. That's what this feud is for. I mean, he wasn't at Vengeance Day, so you're damn right he, he DVR'd that one. Oh, man. Uh, all right, so what else do we have from this NXT that set up um, Vengeance Day? I mean, it didn't set up Vengeance Day, but Noam Dar actually wrestled and beat Von Wagner, whatever. Fucking over Noam Dar. Although I, I saw that video of like Drew McIntyre literally throwing him off a balcony, and I was like, it's the greatest thing Noam Dar has ever done is eat that bump. Yeah, like you find when you hate people here and then you find the shit that they did before they joined here, you're like, huh, that's actually kind of kind of interesting. <laughs> well, I don't even know where that was. I don't know if it was indie scene or like because Drew was young. Like, so that makes Noam Dar older than I expected. And then I'm assuming it happened in the UK. So I don't know if it was like NXT UK vibes or like it was some sort of indie scene. Ba- I don't know. But I, I was assuming that it was uh, across the pond, as they say. Yeah, 100. It's like some progress or some like, you know, first or second tier UK uh, program. What the hell they called them now? Company. Yeah, so I, I think that's pretty much it. Um, I mean, we had more like the the Dijak Joe Gacy stuff of Dijak murdering Joe Gacy and Joe Gacy's just psychotic, so whatever. But um, anything else you want to touch on? No, uh, there was the only... Um, they played a like a farewell video of Chase U that I, I wanted to comment on. This video was great because it was just clip after clip of Andre Chase just saying something fuck. He's the shut the fuck up. What the fuck are you talking about? Like... Just he couldn't stop saying it. That was actually the highlight of the episode because I I wasn't hip to the jive of Chase U from the get go. Right, I'm I'm you know only a year into the Chase U stuff and it's already dead now. But that that video to recap it all, it made me want to like look at like a YouTube thing, like you know what the actual story was of how we got here. Yeah, it 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 didn't have the same effect. Uh, on me i mean it had it had effect uh on lexus king who wanted to buy one of the calendars though so there's that he's a creeper all right that's that's why he wanted it he wants it because he's like are you in it thea like that's why he wants it he's he's literally the 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 wrestling tiger king 
He does kind of look like him. That's kind of wild. I wonder if like that's on purpose. I don't remember what he looked like in AEW, to be honest. He didn't like the gear and uh, like the fake lineup on all the stuff. It, he didn't have all that. He had long blonde hair, but he just had long blonde hair and maybe like a mustache or something. Yeah, the it's it's the the fake lineup that really gets me. But all right, so Vengeance Day. We'll go in order here. Uh we opened up the show with the finals for the 2024 Dusty Cup. We had Trick Mellow Gang versus I think they ended up with War Dogs, not Wolf Dogs. Am I right here? No, no, they stay, they stay with the Wolf Dogs. Okay, so they did stay with the Wolf Dogs. Um, this was an awesome match and a scary match at the same time. Yeah, this was scary as shit. Like, Braun Breaker is a fucking animal. Number one, he almost killed himself in the ropes. I don't think the ropes were, t- were tight enough for this first match. Because like at another part of the match later, when I think Melo or somebody was jumping off the ropes, they just didn't give him enough bounce that he wanted. But yeah, Breaker, and this is the fastest I've ever seen Breaker running back and forth across the ropes. And I guess the rope just maybe, I, I believe as he's leaning on to it, it was probably too loose and it went back over his head instead of staying taut against his body as he pressed into it. So all of his weight went against the second rope, propelling him face the neck first into the top rope, which clotheslined his ass as he's running full speed. And it the crown of his nose and like between his eyes, he had blood. So I don't know if he just got like a cut or, or just a, maybe a bruise from hitting it so hard, you know. Um, but then he just went right back, hit the ropes and continued on. He ended up like hitting a suplex and doing a, a pin breaking the pin at one just to hit some push-ups to show everybody that he's okay. Guy's an absolute monster, man. Dude, I can't wait. Cannot fucking wait for him to be on the main roster and like just absolute... uh, Have the baby Goldberg run, dude. Like That's what this dude needs to have. And I really hope they build him up that way. Yeah, like I think... I don't know when they're going to win the titles because we got two, we got like a baby pay-per-view coming up, like a TV pay-per-view, I think. And then we have a real pay-per-view for NXT before Mania. So like, I think as soon as possible, they need a challenge for those titles. I don't think he should win at Mania. I think he should lose at Mania. So that way he can move up to Raw or SmackDown the next night. or. Maybe the Dusty people can, is it only NXT people? Like, what if they want to challenge Raw? Like, let's change it up, right? Because that'd be amazing. Because I'd, I'd be okay even seeing him and Baron be a tag team for a little bit on the main roster doing what Judgment Day is doing. Because just get him out there. They're actually like a really fucking good team. It's actually insane. They both came out on their little motorcycles. Uh, Cause they're just best friends now. Like everything that they do, they just they're just so with each other now, and it's it's honestly amazing. Yeah, and 
Uh, I'll put it this way. If we can have Karrion Cross come back, there's no reason we can't bring Baron Corbin back. Because Baron Corbin does low-key have one of the most like badass movesets in, in, in WWE. For sure. Like... One of the best movesets. He's actually like pretty funny and quick on the mic. You know what I'm saying? Like when you actually are giving him an opportunity to be likable and not hated, like he can actually play that role. And I especially think having him, you know, in a situation where he can be the the goofy guy that kind of gets beat up, you know, takes all those unnecessary stuff to make him look bad. And then you get just get breaker in there to come behind him and murder somebody. And then Braun's like, or, Bra- or Corbin's like, yeah, yeah, there we go. We got him. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that's a perfect duo for them, especially going forward. Yeah. And I think like, I would much rather have Baron Corbin in the Shinsuke role right now of like the random filler feud for a top dude. And I know he's like kind of served in that role in the past, but he also kind of hasn't served in that role for some of the people that are there now. Like Cody, for instance, like we haven't seen Cody Baron Corbin as far as I know, uh, m- maybe fucking 15 years ago we did. I don't know, but I don't remember it if we did. It would have been better than Cody Shinsuke. One hundred percent, and yeah, that'd be a great, great role for him as well. Uh, so just change it up, so we don't have to deal with, you know, Shinsuke pulling everybody into that mid card black hole again. And uh, and and on Braun, this this fucking like Northern Lights cutter that he's been hitting lately, dude, that shit goes hard. I I don't think I've ever seen anybody hit it like that. So I'm anytime I see something and I'm like, damn, like I don't think I've seen that before. Like that's just creative. And the fact that it's still fairly simple, still something he can hit on most people. And when he hits it on somebody bigger, it's going to be even crazier. So I can't wait for that. Yeah, and I think A, Braun is a monster, so he's strong as fuck, and I expect him to hit it on most people. But like especially if you get one of the bigger guys that are like surprising surprisingly agile, like a uh a, a Drew McIntyre or maybe even an Ivar, like, dude, imagine he hit that on Ivar. Yeah, like Ivar can already hit the moonsault, right? It's going to be safer to do that off the top than it would be off the ground because he's not. I don't think they're going to be able to get him up like that. But if you're already up top and you're both standing up there, you could easily just have him hit a moonsault and get you know Breaker to get into the position to hit the cutter, and it's the it's the exact same thing, you know. So like he could definitely hit that off the top on Ivar. I don't think we'll ever see him hit it on. Otis or Bron or yeah Bronson. Oh no, because those those guys aren't like agile enough. Uh, but yeah, I think like if Braun was on the second turnbuckle and then Ivar was on the top turnbuckle, so that way they already had like a little extra uh, offset in the height. I feel like that would be the fucking ringer right there. And I hear that. Um... What's Ivar's partner's name? I can't even remember. Eric. 
isn't he supposed to like he's not retired like he's supposed to come back at some point right yeah but i think i don't remember the exact surgery he had but i want to say it was like similar to Big E and Orton and whatnot, like some uh, neck fusion shit that like they usually tell you to not come back from. And even, okay. you know, Big E, I saw, uh, he did like a, he was either on somebody's podcast or did an interview or something or whatever. And they were talking about his return. And he's like, yeah, he's like, I want to be smart about my body, you know, when it would come to a return like he didn't basically he basically didn't say that he's coming back and he's he's more or less saying like if i did i'd have to be really smart about it so that's why i'm saying like i don't know if biggie's coming back and then you know eric like randy orton is a fucking psycho we all know that you know so like randy orton having that type of surgery and coming back doesn't shock me you know but um I I wouldn't blame anybody that would like think twice about it. Yeah, and if that's the thing, because I was only asking that because I was thinking of a Viking Raiders tag match against Breaker and Corbin, and that would have been, you know what I'm saying? That would have been an amazing little thing we could have had. But if not, we could still do single stuff. That's fun. We can get Ivar to squash Corbin, and then Breaker can take him out for the revenge um, in, in his own match. So that's a beautiful little thing that we could have had right there. Um, if you're talking about a recent clip, you're talking about a recent clip with Big E, was he talking to a female person? I think so. Okay, yeah, I know he had a recent thing talking about a potential return or how he's been doing. I believe that was a shout out. Denise Salcedo. Uh, she's a quality content person. I think she's person. Fightful. And and Wrestling Observer. I, I believe she was uh, partnered with both of them simultaneously and still doing her own thing somehow. Um, but yeah, any, any of those other people, take it easy. Randy, he's already MIA. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're not going to see Randy until maybe Mania or something. I hope he doesn't wrestle in the chamber, um, but we probably won't see him till Mania. And then maybe not until SummerSlam or Money in the Bank after that. So it's like he can... Yeah, he's back, but it's like... You know, now he's going to take three months off, you know? Yeah, and you know what? I, I love Randy Orton, and I'd like to see him around, but at the same time, that's fine. You know, like, yeah, I'd, I'd rather have the guy around from time to time than have him always hurt and never around. Exactly. Which is, you know, the category that CM Punk's starting to fall into. Yeesh. Did that guy show up on on Raw? Did you know that? Or I didn't pay attention. Uh, I didn't watch all of it yet. So I'm not sure, but I don't think so. I'm always curious what wrestlers will do if they just go MIA when they get an injury, or do they still float around? Because, like, I think he had the surgery. So I don't, I, I think he's gone. Okay. Okay. Because, like, especially when the majority of what you do is talk. You can, you can travel and talk brother. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. I mean, look at Seth. Seth is still going around and talking. Now, obviously he, he has an injury that doesn't need surgery, but, uh, you know, (laughs) Seth is one of those guys that like, I would expect out there on crutches and a knee brace and still out there talking shit. Um, yeah. But that's that's why Seth is is my favorite. So, 
He'll be in a wheelchair and a neck brace, and they're gonna be like, "Yeah, sir, we can't fit you in the chair." Oh, damn it! Them called me called Becky. Maybe she's got the jet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and at the same time, like he'll show up on crutches in an e brace and wearing Becky's clothes. <laughs> He said, "This is all. This is all I could find. My my closet's on the other side of the house." Yeah, yeah. I mean, their closets are the same thing, anyway. So it's whatever. Basically. Um. All right. So then we had the Dijak Joe Gacy match. Um. Oh, we didn't even say the end. The, yeah, the so, end. You got the end. Yeah, it was okay. Fantastic match all around. They're both fucking going crazy. Sometime during this match, uh, Trick does a kip up and his left knee gives out. So there's your story for going later on into the evening. Um, again, we have another issue. Um, this is when uh, Mello, he went for a lion salt, but he just like didn't get enough rotation on it. Or a distance on it, I should say. And he landed like knees first on Corbin instead of like stomach first. So he really undershot it, just showing that the ropes were probably not tight enough, which is usually not an issue that we see in the WWE. Like these are, you got Mello and Braun. These are pro, like we said, like back when they were going through their feud, this is your WrestleMania main event in five years. And you're out here, these guys almost died because you didn't tighten the ropes enough. That's actually insane that that's even something that we can talk about like i hope that i'm just making shit up i'm not a ring expert guy but that's sure what the fuck it looked like based on physics but yeah um, i i've seen multiple things that have more or less corroborated that and i mean this wasn't in the pc so who knows But um, we get one of the best big man spots here from Breaker when he's like, he's got to press slam. Uh, he's about to press slam Mello. He throws him into Trick. Trick catches him, but then Breaker grabs Trick, who's still holding Mello. Germans Trick while simultaneously throwing Mello at the same time. So double double throw spot. Do- both the straps come down. It's going crazy. Um, we get two deep sixes from Corbin back to back on Mello and Trick. Breaker does a flip dive off the uh, top to the outside. Uh, just wild. They both go up top and they're trying to hit double Frankensteiners. <laughs> but then Corbin gets crotched. Mello does his little tilt-a-whirl face buster deal. He's about to hit the nothing but net, but he gets uh, countered. Um, he gets caught by Corbin, but then we get him saved by Trick Williams, who hits the neck breaker on Corbin. And at this point, Corbin's down, Trick Mello are up, and it almost looked as if Mello was about to attack Trick. But as he's like walking towards Trick, he just gets speared out of nowhere. One, two, three, and your dusty classic tag team winners of the tournament. The wolf dogs, or whatever they're called. Oh, <laughs> DMX. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, this was a really good match. Um, I very much like the outcome, and it, it very much plays into the story. You know, with with Mello essentially taking the spear for uh, for Trick Willie, and then we see a segment later on where they're in the medical office and. You know, 
He's like, why, why'd you do that? Why'd you do that for me? And Mello's like, you know, we, we need to make sure you're all right for tonight. And make sure that, because we got Trick pulling double duty tonight. Um, so that way he can dethrone Ilya later. You know, he just had to do it. And uh, it, it sets up something we got lit going later on. But now we got the fucking Dijak Joe Gacy match. And man, like, Joe Gacy is just so gimmicky. And like, there were some parts of this match that were fun, and then some parts of it that were just really, really, really dumb. And they're just, to be honest, both of these dudes are kind of, kind of memes at this point. Yeah, um, I I like these kinds of matches. Right, I had I had fun. I love Dijak. I like when they give him time. I didn't hate Joe Gacy in this as much as I have hated him in just about everything else that he's done. But the highlight of this match, unfortunately, was again something that I've not seen before, and that was Joe Gacy kicking a fan in the front row. You know that she had to have paid $1,500 for that front row corner seat that everybody loves to sit in. And I don't know what the hell was going on. I believe Dijak was just kind of on the floor, standing there next to that, you know, corner barricade by the entrance ramp on the stair side. And then what's his name? Gacy. Oh, he's sitting in a steel chair. Gacy off the stairs does like a rolling senton or whatever cannonball. As he flips over, he just like kicks the lady in the face, knocks her glasses off. So the whole time that now Joe Gacy is like setting up the table her glasses are on the ground right next to where the table is. So I'm like, I can feel her anxiety because she's probably like, I literally can't see without those glasses. Yeah. <laughs> and there's no way like you obviously can't reach that far down over the barricade to grab something off the floor. And there's no way you're jumping the barricade to get anything like you paid all this money to get these tickets. Like you're like that, like, man, I'd honestly would be upset because I'm a glasses wearer and I'm legitimately blind without my glasses on. So I'd be like, fuck. And then like, you didn't even know where they're at. And then he keeps setting up the table and it's right next to where your glasses are. And you're like, fuck you. He's going to break my glasses and I'm really not going to be able to see. Um, but I think she eventually got her glasses back. But yeah, now she was, she got kicked pretty hard because she kept like, I think she was crying is what it looked like. Like at least her eyes were watering from the kick potentially. Cause she was like rubbing her face and her nose and mouth area. So, well, those seats ended up being free. I am sure. I hope so, man. I fucking hope so. Cause man, that and that's what I was focused on basically the entire uh front portion of the match. And then and then you see the ref go off camera to go pick up the glasses for her and give them to her. And then he went back to refing the match right around the time when they were putting all the army men and shit on the table. Um, which that was a fun spot. We got Dijak getting kicked off the ropes flying back to the entrance ramp onto the table full of army men and shit, which that that didn't look fun. The trash can spear headbutt thing. Um, Gacy was just in a trash can that Dijak was beating the shit out of. And then Gacy does the Undertaker sit-up. And then Dijak's like, well, what the hell? So he goes to attack him, and he basically gets speared by the guy that's inside the trash can. 
creative, unique. Haven't seen it. I liked it. Could have been very dangerous if he went six inches higher and hit the edge of that trash can in Dijak's face. The guy could be blind or anything like just fucking wild. Um, the dumbest spot was the duct tape. I get it. He blindfolds Dijak with the duct tape, but then Dijak hits his feast your eyes, but then he can't find the guy to pin him. Instead of just taking the duct tape off, he just ah, he just screams. I I don't know what that was about. He ended up taking off half of his eyebrows when he took the duct tape off. I'd act like again. I'd be mad because that sucks. Um. But we finally get uh, the nightstick back out. Um, Dijak ended up hitting him with the nightstick as he was trying to hit the upside down, whatever, backhand spring nonsense. He picked him up, hit a second feast your eyes for the win. But as he pinned him, Gacy was still smiling. Oh. Yeah, I... Joe Gacy, man, like, I feel like this is really the only context he can be used in, is is in, like, weird, hardcore matches, and I'm not usually a proponent of, like, the over-the-top shit, like, thumbtacks and broken glass and whatnot, but if there was ever a context, it was probably these two men, you know what I mean, like, there are times when it fits. I don't like when there's every PLE has like one or two of these matches in it, but like once a year or whatever to have one for two dudes that it fits, I would have been okay with. So, you know, if we had thumbtacks instead of G.I. Joe's or Army Men or the Legos or whatever. Okay, I, I I think this would have been a good good spot for it, but um, Joe Gacy is just some wannabe Bray Wyatt that is like less creative and less enjoyable. I feel like one hundred percent. It it feels just so similar, and just from everything, from the mannerisms inside the ring. From the move sets, from the character, even from body type. You know what I'm saying? Like of all, like you just and I, I get it. You know what I'm saying? That's a great mind to want to emulate, but it's too soon. You're getting the comparisons, you know, before the tragedy, and it's like, and I don't know. Like the Undertaker did it, but who the hell else is spooky? Who else has magical powers? Like nobody. Like I mean, the witches, but they came and they're gone, and now where they at? You know, we—that's what we're gonna say for maybe, the next. Maybe, <laughs> maybe Eddie Thorpe. <laughs> okay, do yeah, Eddie Thorpe and Bear Hill, right? They got they they. What do they say? They chime or tune in from the power of the trees and nature. So maybe. Um, we, we also got the legal eagle. He probably gets the power from justice or something, the law, right? But other yeah, than that, <laughs> we don't we don't we don't talk about the jobbers of the jobbers of the jobbers around here. But and I mean, I, theoretically, 
uh, Alexa Bliss should be able to come back soon. I think she had a kid, or you know, maybe two months ago. Now I saw recent pictures of her. She looks like she's in pretty decent shape. So maybe she could return at some point. Raw or SmackDown or NXT. I think NXT would kind of be insulting. Um, I would probably put her on SmackDown, especially because I feel like Liv is going to end up back on Raw. Yeah, I do see her more as a SmackDown star. I would, and I, I do feel SmackDown might be a better spot for her because we do have some smaller women on that brand. Um, yeah, like we can give her matches against Kyrie, Asuka, um, Io. Yeah, Io, especially when she loses the belt to to Bailey. Um, I Even just feel Bailey. like the the badass division on. Raw, especially for a return after you just had a kid, might be a little much. Yeah, and and what's funny is um, she was like not really super big as far as I can remember on NXT. She was like the girl in a tag team with uh, Buddy Murphy at the time, who is Rhea Ripley's man. So that would be interesting like because she's kind of emo what if she became a new female in judgment day and she and like maybe when Rhea loses her belt what if Rhea becomes like a tag belt person because they want to uplift those belts don't don't insult mommy like that <laughs> i mean alexa bliss is like a five-time raw women's champion or something like that that's, actually no of- that's fine that's fine but don't insult mommy saying that she's going to be a tag champion like, and that she's going to ever drop this belt. She's going to surpass Roman Reigns' fucking non-record record with the women's belt. I mean, maybe, I, but I think she's still losing to Becky at Mania. Um, I, I, I don't think she drops to anybody until like Jade is actually ready. That like honestly, that's what would make sense. I don't. Nobody's on her level to beat her right now, but I'm skeptical that they get like she shouldn't have lost the belt to Charlotte when she was the NXT champion. And I feel like it's not the same boat, but it's damn near the same boat. Yeah, but she's just so much more menacing now, and because that was she was much different character at that point, wasn't she? She wasn't this far gone. Yeah. She was was still my brutality, but not this far gone. Yeah. And like, she's just a monster now. And not only that, but like, like we've stated, like she may very possibly be the face of the WWE alongside Cody Rhodes, really. Um, And her popularity is just so outrageous. That I think that factors into it too. Although, you know, I don't know. They they did just kind of, uh, you know, rob Cody a little bit, I guess. So there is that. Yeah. And I also say that because I have, in the, in the next coming, you know, eight months, we're going to see a badass division in the women's tag team division because I do feel that after we have that Jade Cargill, Bianca Belair WrestleMania match, I think we're going to see them in like a tag team or something like that. Like 
we're going to get some crazy like we need that that's how you uplift those belts and then you could get charlotte and becky maybe they become a tag team again right maybe you get that's why i mentioned Rhea and alexa because i don't know who else Rhea would be friends with if she's kind of her emo heel self i've never seen face Rhea. she's still emo so that that's why i think the spooky alexa bliss well no i think i, I think know. if if Rhea turned face in her current aesthetic, I think Rhea Liv would be really fun. I know that they've yeah. had their feuds, but if she turned face, then it would kind of all, you know, wash out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then she could say some stuff like, everybody, I fought. You were the one to push me to my limit and take my brutality. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, Liv is definitely, now that she's back, it's hard to imagine her in a lesser bracket than those women because she's been a champion, you know? I uh, I saw, I guess she's going to have a uh, chamber qualifier match against Zoe Stark or something, and, and they were, like, beefing on Twitter about it, and Liv is like, sorry, you know, you, you, you seem to be good and all, but, you know, chamber's just kind of my thing. And I'm like, yes, it is, so... Hopefully that's what we get. Yeah, I assume we'll get these random chamber qualification matches. And then at the end, they'll be like the last chance chamber qualification. It's a five way women's match. And, you know, so somebody can sneak in there at the end. Yeah, Jade Cargill. <laughs> yeah, like I, I just love the randomness that, you know, that is. I, you know that it's coming, but it just I just love it. All right, uh, we had Family versus OTM in a six-person mixed tag match. So Family had Adriana Rizzo, and uh, OTM had uh, uh, Scripps. Um, and Jada Parker. Yeah, I, this was, uh, I don't know. I really, to be honest with you, wasn't really into this. Yeah, no. Um, first off, I was like, are the family still the tag champs? Do we still have tag champs on NXT? Is that still a belt that we talk about or defend? Uh, get them off Not these guys. Long. Yeah, get them off these guys. Thank you. That's why I need Breaker and Core. Just win it on Tuesday. Like, I don't care Like about the suspension. Take them off these people because honestly, I'm over it. I don't. I've never really been able to get behind stacks. Um, I like Tony D, right? He can throw people around. He almost broke some guy's neck doing a belly to belly and he had like his arms trapped and he there was no like arc on the throw. He damaged just snapped him forward and the guy went like head first into the ground. And there's a meme floating around where after he rolls through, he's sitting in the turnbuckle and his eyes look like they're about to pop out of the back or pop out of his head because it looked like, you know, his neck almost popped off of his spine. But yeah, Scripps was trying to cheat. Um, I, I, I guess I do have to comment that um, Jada Parker was wearing an interesting ring gear. The last time we've seen the uh, one leg was uh, Ruby Riot, uh, formerly NXT superstar. So shout out uh, Ruby Riot and the one leg ring gear. Um, I thought Sony Deville wore it as well. Mm, 
She, I thought she had like a weird like kilt skirt thing. I thought when she went to the black and white, she wore a one-legged thing. Maybe I, I didn't. I didn't watch too much late Sonia. I might just be making it up. She should be due uh, for a return soon. That's what I was just gonna say. Shout out Sonia. I don't know where she's at. Hashtag we want Mandy as well. Like they were a great tag team. Um, really mad of what happened there. But Tony D ends up hitting a. He hit the same like slam dunk spine buster that fucking Bobby Lashley does. So I'm glad that to see somebody else throwing big men around. And then he hits just a standing fisherman buster uh, for the one, two, three. Yeah, this match was, I don't know, it was a mid-card match in a (laughs) development show. (laughs) It felt like it. Um, We had a little... uh, Kiana James, Izzy Dame thing out to lunch. Um, nothing like overly uh, special on this. And then we had the defense, Lyra Valkyria defending against Roxanne Perez that turned into a triple threat with Lola Vice because she's fucking stupid. I legitimately took zero notes on this match up until about 10 seconds before Lola Vice came out. I didn't even know she was coming out. Um, but it was just kind of like they were just wrestling. Like, I'm sorry. Like, it was okay, but it just really wasn't doing it for me. Um, I believe Lyra hit this leg trap German suplex where she had like one of Roxanne's legs kind of tucked, you know, almost if you're stretching your your quad right like she had it tucked behind her and she hit the german and she basically landed on her neck it was disgusting um roxanne hits a pop rocks but then lyra rolls away so she can't get the pin as you know lyra's there you know i guess recovering we hear the music of a latina so lola vice runs out with her contract I believe she's got a ref or somebody and she's like, yes, I want to cash in. I want to do it. I want to do it. And Tatum Paxley pops up and she tries to take the contract and move it away, but she gets kicked in the head. Now she's down. Now it's official. Now Roxanne is scared and now she's mad that Lola cashed in. And I'm like, it's been like 37 seconds. You could have pinned Lyra in this amount of time. You could have had her in a submission. You could have done anything, but you didn't. All righty then. Uh, so turns into a three-way. They're fighting. Um, honestly, this was a this was like a really good women's three-way. This is probably one of the better NXT women's matches I've seen in a while. I was actually extremely surprised, um, especially out of the you know Roxanne is Roxanne. Is is even though she's small, she can actually work, right? So yeah, she's small, but she can actually go. Lyra. Half the time, like she was winning me over in the Becky build, and then as she became champion, she fell off. She fucking showed out in this match. She was actually really fucking good. Um, and and Lola wasn't bad. She was actually kicking people and not, you know, just touching them with her foot. She was actually kicking people. So very, very happy to see that. Um, she ended up losing though, because uh that contract shit did not matter. Um, well, 
She hit a spinning back fist on Lyra for a two count. Roxanne gets in there. She hits a pop rocks out of nowhere. And she's about to catch the pin on Lyra, but Paxley runs in, takes her out. Uh, Lola tries to hit her kick, but she can't. She gets caught in the night wish, which is kind of like a Falcon Arrow driver that uh, Lyra has been hitting as her finisher. Which she hits on Lola Vice for the one, two, three. Uh, no contract, no Roxanne. Lyra, she said. Don't forget about me. I'm still a good champion. Yeah, I agree. This was uh, the best showing I feel like I've seen her have in a long time. Um, she still absolutely sucks on the microphone, unfortunately. But in ring-wise, this was pretty damn good from her. I, I enjoyed it from her. Um, especially because Roxanne can like really go in the ring. and I Obviously... She didn't really disappoint either. Um, I don't know. Lola Vice, like, she did some ki fast, kicky stuff. Like, ooh, 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 And then she hit a fucking sleeper hold. Ooh, ooh, I'm so, like, intimidated. Like, oh, my God. She's... Watch out, Rhea Ripley. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, I I love the, the Nightwish that she's, like, finally adopted fully as her finisher it's so much better because like what was she what did she beat becky with like a fucking like uh spinning back kick or something like that you know what i mean like i she i don't think she beat becky with that no i thought she had like a shitty splash whatever it was it was nondescript Some and not memorable shit. yeah now this i can get behind this is a finisher um, it also still sets up more for Roxanne and Lyra because Roxanne didn't really lose. She had the match won. Um, and then thankfully, uh, I, I love when failed cash-ins happen for people that I don't like because it just feels good inside. And so, yeah, the fact that Vice lost her contract by being stupid and not waiting till somebody won, um... Felt really good. Yeah. Like, or maybe sit in the audience so you didn't have to run down and make it all obvious, or I don't know, anything other than what you did may have worked. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, and I felt really good about that. Um, all right. Now we have what I think was probably both of our most anticipated match in this. We finally had the actual match showdown between the ruler, the destroyer, Oba Femi, and Dragon Lee for the North American Championship. Yes. I, I Yes, sir, you are correct. Most anticipated match of the show. Um, I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like they changed his music the crowd was randomly doing the ooh, ooh, like the Wakanda Forever X thing. And I don't ever remember Obafemi doing that. And I feel like they just started doing that out of their own will and volition. And I feel like they changed his music because they were not doing that chant as loud or as prominent. It seemed like they were kind of confused as to when to do it. 
So I don't know. Maybe like I need to go back and listen. Maybe I just wasn't paying enough attention. Maybe the crowd was too loud. Or maybe they weren't familiar with him outside of the performance center. Maybe that's probably what it was. But either way, uh, yeah, uh, Dragon Lee started this match at a 10 because that's the only way you can try to get on top with the big man is to try to uh, go at him on top. Uh, We had a couple nice double stomps from Dragon Lee. He did like this double stomp to the back of Obafemi's neck just as Obafemi was down. He was standing there and then he jumped off the second rope to hit him with another double stomp to the back of the head, which was just nice. Uh, But then Oba is just throwing the guy, Bradley beeling him across the ring, as some people would say. I threw him outside. He's hitting this Uranagi backbreaker that he picks him up in the Uranagi drops him down back first onto his knee and he holds him there picks him up drops him a second time drops him a third time just tearing the man's back apart um we eventually get dragon lee trying for the power bomb didn't work and he hit him with the flying octopus stretch um stretching out the big man <laughs> I don't know, man. I love me a good octopus, flying octopus, whatever the hell. I love it. Uh, like this was, even though Obafemi tried to break out of it, he was much stronger and he probably didn't need to sit in this, but hey, he made it out. Um, but, you know, Dragon Lee is still doing all of his thing. Hits a, a big ass tornado DDT, hits the uh, corner drop kicks. Uh, he eventually hits a big ass. Sit out power bomb only gets a two count. Uh, he tries to do his jump over the top rope high jump style into the hurricane run on the apron. Nope. Uh, he held on to his ass. Uh, he wasn't able to get it. Um, he does counter it again. Dragon Lee drops a big knee on Oba on the apron. Oba falls off the apron and just swats this man out of midair like a fly. Just smacks him in the chest, takes him out. Um, he's about to get, they get back in the ring. He's about to get choke slammed, but he counters it into a DDT. He's about to get slammed, but he reverses it into a hurricane Rana. Eventually, this is where it's all over for him. He gets caught in the, uh, what, like in the power slam position, just sitting on Obafemi's shoulder. Obafemi throws him into the ropes. I believe snake eyes is what the Undertaker used to call it when he would kind of lawn dart somebody face first into the t- or to the top of the turnbuckle. Picks him up like a blue thunder bomb. Doesn't spin. Doesn't spin him. Just throws him across the r- across the ring. I'm calling it the uh, blue thunder toss is what I'm donning that move. And then he hits the big ass pop up power bomb. Or the one, two, three, and still the ruler of the North American region, Oba Femi. I enjoyed this, but at the same time, it this was really the first time we saw Oba Femi have a match against a non-jobber. And I was very uh, anxious to see this match because I wanted to see how it went really and there was a lot of good there was far more good than bad but there were some a little sloppy things here and there that i was like okay he's not 
North American title, that's that's definitely a rocket strapped to you. But it's like, okay, this this let's let's leave him here for a little bit and and have some decent defenses and let him build up a little bit before we do anything too much. You know, I w- I wouldn't I wouldn't want to go too much higher than this with him currently. Yeah, and I don't think that he's even going to hold the belt on for too long. I think he's going to end up losing it. Um, I assume we're going to see a multi-man match at Stand and Deliver, uh, the NXT WrestleMania show. That's that's my guess. I assume he'll probably hold on to it till then. He might have one more pay-per-view defense at Battleground or whatever is going on in March, I believe. Um, but I I think they might keep it on him. He does need more work, so I do hope that you know they do the open challenges or whatever. Let's get him some more matches because he can do the big man stuff. He can slam, he can hit, he can strike, he can punch, he can throw. But if the other guy isn't fucking Dragon Lee who can climb around this man like a spider monkey, you know what I'm saying, and do all of his shit regardless of who he's in the ring with, you know, it's like if he was if this was the Lex of King match, good luck. Yeah, yeah. Like I actually do kind of want to see him against Lexus King for that fact. Um, and I also want to see him against another big man. Cause I don't think we got to see that really. So uh give me those two things and then and then we'll see how I feel about it afterwards. Yeah, I don't know what like maybe um Duke Hudson, I always get Briggs and Jensen confused, but whoever the bigger one was of Briggs and Jensen and Von Wagner, like one of those guys would be fun. Yeah, yeah. There was another big dude in the men's breakout tournament too. Um, Bearhill or the, the other black guy? Bearhill was pretty big actually now that you mention it. The other black guy was pretty big too. Who that other black guy is MIA. I don't even remember his name. Yeah, maybe he's too much of a jobber. But they at least they show Bear Hill around. And shit, like I guess uh I mean fuck, he could do something with Dijack. I don't know about making yeah. Dijack yeah. lose, but like give the belt to Dijack. Like that could be the stand and or yeah, stand and deliver match. Yeah, yeah, there we go. I'd be for that. Um Poor Dijak, man. <laughs> yeah, he really should be on the main. Like, I don't know. I'm sorry. Him and Damien Priest should be the fucking the tag team, right? Justice street, yeah, Street Justice or some shit, man. Oh, uh, dude. I mean, the dude's going to be like 48 years old and winning the North American title. As long as he's getting a check. Yeah, fair enough. All right, now on to our main event, the Mad Dragon, Ilya Dragunov, with his title on the line against Trick Willie, who's receiving ad-libs from Wade Barrett tonight. Yeah, Wade Barrett's going to get sued. Uh, that's what they kept telling uh, his His commentary partner kept telling him that. And Wade Barrett, I, Bro, I don't you, know. How- you can never remember Vic Joseph. I can't. I can't. Even though I love Big Joseph, I actually like him a lot more than Kevin Patrick, who's actually not even on Employed. the program. <laughs> yeah. But I, I'm, I'll remember him one day. But I don't know how I'm supposed to feel about Wade Barrett because he was like, 
you know what, Booker T, I know how to settle things over with him. A good old bottle of cognac. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't know how I feel about that comment. But we'll, we'll get into the match because he said some other shit in the match too. He said some, he got mellow and trick mixed up. So he was like, oh, Dragonov has a downed Carmelo Hayes in the ring. And I was like, no, he doesn't. I was like, Vic, now that I remember your name, I need you to help him out. Right. But I'm not going to, I'm not going to give Wade Barrett shit. All right. He, he was filling in for a man who was in surgery. You get one pass. <laughs> That's it. Oh, man. But online people pointing out that Melo came out in this black leather jacket, the same style jacket that Shawn Michaels was wearing uh, when he had his famous barbershop turn, I believe. I don't know. Google it. Right. I don't know. Trick's lip was already bleeding. I don't know if it was just bleeding from the match earlier or if it was supposed to bleed in this match and then it started bleeding too early because you shouldn't have just been walking out and it's already bleeding, but whatever. They beat the shit out of each other, mainly Dragunov beating the shit out of Trick and Trick just kind of trying to recover from his hits as they were being dished out. Uh, crowd 10 times more into Trick. They were fucking booing Dragunov in some parts as he was kind of egging things on. Um, and speaking again on people who are green, like Trick doesn't have to do anything. He hits a urinagi, he hits an uppercut, he hits a knee, you know, he hits a a scoop slam, like just the most basic, simple moves, and the crowd goes fucking crazy for everything when Dragonov is out here literally using every ounce in his being to strike a man or hit a German or a jackknife powerbomb. And the crowd is just like, oh, fuck you, Dragunov. We want trick. So this was great all around. Um, I don't I don't know when they're going to stop calling it a urinagi. He's such a fan of Booker T and Booker T's his boy. Call it the bookend. Because when Booker T stole the rock bottom, he called it the bookend, and that was his finisher. Call it that. Like, let's in, let's just fully embrace it, because that's what I refer to it as, and that's what everybody else should, because they're like homies now. Uh, and speaking of homies, Mello was out here, did some weird things in this match. Um, in one instance, he just decides to start talking shit to Dragunov as... Trick and Dragonov are outside on the ring floor. Um, I don't know why he just decided to do that at this point, but Dragonov gets mad. He ends up forearming Mello in the back of the head, and Mello, some perfect manner, falls into the chop block into the back of Trick's bad knee that's been injured from the previous match. So that's that's one strike right there. There was another point when he was actually standing in the ropes yelling at the ref, uh, trying, I don't know why, just yelling at the ref, talking shit. Um, this this part, he actually got knocked off the apron by a trick who, who also took out the ref, which led to the biggest segment of the match. Um, ref's out, Mellow's out, trick dodges Dragunov, bounces off the ropes to hit the trick knee for basically an 11 count. A second ref had to come out there as the audience counted till eight. 
And then the ref gets out there one, two, and he kicks out. The audience is pissed. They're chanting, ref, you suck. And I'm like, no, he doesn't. Like, he just came to save the day. Leave him alone. Oh, man. Um, But now we get back into the match. Dragunov is hitting his excel or escalating H-bombs. He hits one on the ground, you know, drags him to the ropes, hits one off the second rope, drags him, and now eventually he's going to hit one off the third rope. Trick gets the knees up. And now, you know, he can actually uh, come back. Um, he's crawling to the corner. This is the new straps down. He had the little hair tie in his hair and in the dreads, right, to make sure that, you know, they stay in the ponytail. But he takes the hair tie out, does the head shake. That's the new straps down. That's got to be a thing. I hope uh, somebody took note of that because that, that, that'll be a big pop in the future. Um, and then he tries to fucking hit the uh, the big knee, but simultaneously Dragon hits a torpedo Moscow and took him out for the one, two, three. And Dragonov won. Great match. You know, they're both fucking bleeding. Dragonov had his nose bleeding. There's blood all over the ring, on their chest, on their hands. You know, Trick's mouth is bleeding. They're all fucked up. But it's okay. Mello gets in the ring. He says, don't worry, man. Trick Mello gang. Oh, you always had me. I always had you. We brothers. He's just talking shit. And then he does it. He helps Trick up. They're standing next to each other. And he gets behind him. And you hear the entire crowd. Oh. Before he hits him with another chop block. And it happens. Carmelo has turned on Trick Williams and Trick Mello gang is no more. And if you thought Dragunov beat this man's ass, Mello took a chair and beat this man's leg. I don't I want to say he hit his leg with the chair more times than Solo spiked John Cena to end his career. Uh, just to put it in perspective. So he's beating the shit out this man. Throws the TMG shirt on Trick's chest. He's done. He's telling everybody in the audience in the crowd, this is your fault. This is your fault, your fault, your fault. Y'all made me like this. That was the only part of it I didn't like, is I just feel like that's a really overused um, motive. You know, we, we've seen it from Santos. We've seen it from Drew. We've seen it from a million people of... Y'all made me do this. I didn't want to do this, but you made me do this. I just, okay, whatever. But I will say that I feel like this was one of the more brutal turns that we've seen in recent memory. Um, and I mean the heat that Mellow is going to have from here on out. Like this is, this is going to be a career-defining moment for him because even when people go heel, I feel like it's rare because is this like the first like real heel run we've seen from Mello? Yes, as far as I'm aware. I mean, when he started out, I feel like he was like a tweener because he had that cocky attitude. So he could have he could have played either role, but he was just too flashy, too good for the crowd not to like him. Right. 
Yeah, it's it's rare, I feel like, to come in with this much fucking heat. And it's going to be interesting to see how he handles it. And if he handles it really well, which I actually expect him to, um, I I think this is going to be majorly career-defining for him. I mean, you're you're getting fuck you mellow chance from the crowd, you know, that 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 can that can work when it's a PLE, it might not might not work when it's not a PLE. So we'll see we'll have to see how that goes. Um but yeah, like Trick is just so beloved right now. I this is going to be interesting and this this may actually I don't know how it's going to play over on the main roster, you know? Um, I think that it's going to carry so much heat that he's, he's going to have to be aligned with, with pretty heavy heels on, on the main roster. And, and trying to think about where that could be, I honestly have no idea. Unless, you know, may, maybe Theory Waller, just because of the history... Like somehow they they end up being friends at all of this. Maybe um, my thoughts and speculations from here. I love the amount of heat that he has. Number one, I've in my what I would like to see. What I think will make thing will make Trick the biggest star, which is the ultimate end goal out of this. Is we need to get this belt on Mello. ASAP, unfortunately, because get him in some type of four-way at Battleground and have him sneak out the victory by cheating. Keep Melo gone for a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Keep Melo gone for a little bit. But he's got to come back shortly before Mania. To, and I guess it doesn't make sense that he just jumps in and gets a title shot. But like that's the biggest thing, is to give him the belt at Mania and the win over Melo. I guess he doesn't have to beat Melo, but doing it all is everything. And I feel like that's like that's just like giving Cody the belt. Like honestly, that's damn near on the same level of impact that it will have as far as skyrocketing this guy to a level that few can even fathom. But we can do main roster stuff as well because we can see, you know, Trick just kind of leave from here, you know, start doing his main roster thing. And eventually, as soon as he starts to gain some traction, we do get the return of Trick, you know, and, and Trick is just every time we see him chasing him down, trying to get him, trying to kill him. And he's just constantly, you know, running or hiding until finally he can get his hands on him. And then that'll be a great, great way to push them on the main roster. But I don't know. I mean, Trick did have a reaction. So I can say that they're not going to love it. But I don't know if, if everybody's going to be hip to the jive of Melo doing the impact of what this actually meant. I don't know if that's going to carry to the main roster. Uh, I don't know. I think it might. Um, the the main reason that I think it might is is just because of the reception that Trick got when he came in to save Mello. You know, already having fifteen, sixteen thousand people chant "Whoop that Trick!" You know, if if they can do that, then they definitely can carry over the "Fuck you, Mello!" chants. You know what I mean? Like, I think it'll follow pretty heavily. 
Yeah, because if, if that's the case, then we can jump them up to the main roster and push that out. But have them be I, homies with Logan Paul. Like that would actually be a nice dude. Actually, they would be really good in a tag team. Yeah. Another reason to uh, give Logan Paul a belt, <laughs> you know, so they're always looking for that. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, I can I can handle him having the tag belts. Um, God, they really need to fucking split those belts. Yeah, like fuck, like either like I don't know. They just need to split them because they're not going to do anything else fun. They're not going to have people like be forced to wrestle or show up on NXT with them or anything cool like that. We don't even like maybe if we saw the NXT belts on the main roster more often. I don't know. Well, if they end up on Braun Breaker and Baron Corbin, I think that we could because they're both main roster level people without a doubt. And other main roster level people that have had NXT NXT belts in recent memory have appeared on both. I mean, first that you had Becky holding the NXT women's championship. You had Dom with North American showing up all the time. You had Dragon Lee with North American showing up from time to time. Um, I I definitely think that they can. And especially if there's more or less one belt, one tag belt for all of main roster, I don't see why not. For sure. And that's what I'm hoping they put those belts on Breaker and Corbin as quickly as they possibly can. Well, that was NXT Vengeance Day. Um, it was a bit of a wild ride. Some ups, some downs for sure. Um, but I think overall, considering it's an NXT PLE, you know, I, I'd say it was good. Not great, but good. I'd I'd jump it up. I'd jump it up to the great. Um, love the ending just for all the future things that it can lead into. Um, eager to always, always, always eager to see where they take us to next. Uh, you got any final words, any upcoming things on uh, the next show? I know we got a breaker, wolf dogs, whatever celebration ceremony on the next show coming up. Yeah, I think we're getting uh Lexus King Riley Osborne match. Uh I don't know if we're getting Lola Vice Roxanne Perez yet, but we might be. I think we're getting uh Malik Blade and Edris and Nofe versus Axiom and Nathan Frazier. Um I think that's all that and I'm assuming we're gonna get a, a lengthy addressing uh, of the crowd with uh, uh, Mello. That I cannot wait for, but until then, we will catch you next time. Um, we should be back with some red hot Monday Night Raw action, but until then, stay safe and enjoy the day. Deuces, deuces. Peace.